This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is California 19th District U.S. Representative Zoe Lofgren. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the voice of milk. Learn more at voiceofmilk.com. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Congresswoman Zoe Lofgren next. Open Mic is brought to you by Edge Dairy Cooperative, the voice of milk. Edge provides dairy farmers in the Midwest with a strong voice, the voice of milk, in Congress, with customers, and within their communities. Edge is a progressive organization that represents all dairy farmers equally, recognizing both their differences and similarities. Now the number four dairy cooperative in the country based on milk volume, Edge is amplifying the voice of its farmers. Now more than ever, dairy farmers need to be heard. Learn more at voiceofmilk.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Legislation to address farm labor needs in the country was approved by the U.S. House of Representatives but faces an uncertain future in the U.S. Senate. California 19th District Representative Zoe Lofgren admits the Farm Worker Modernization Act isn't an exhaustive immigration bill, but does offer U.S. agriculture a way to find the workers needed to get the job done. Lofgren says the bill is a first step toward reform of U.S. immigration policy. I remember when I chaired the Immigration Subcommittee the last time, I had the then-president of the Southern Baptist Convention he said that for years we had two signs at the southern border. One sign said no trespassing, and the other sign said help wanted. And I think there's some truth to it. I mean, people came across and filled needs that we had in our economy, and uh, agriculture is a very good example. And uh, there was a circularity to it. People would come, they'd work, they'd go back. Well, after 9-11... You know, the border got tightened up, and rightfully so, but people were stranded over on this side of the border. They couldn't go back and forth as before. There was no program that really worked very well uh, for visas, and so people have been here working. We know from some of the analyses that a majority of the undocumented farm workers, for example, have been here more than 10 years. A majority of them have family here. I mean, they live here, and... They're not going anywhere, and if they did, it would be a real blow to the ag economy. So it's a good idea to try and deal with it. So given this day of partisanship, and given the extremely polar views on immigration, then how is it you were able to work and bring a bipartisan bill together, garners 260 votes, including 34 members of the GOP, that addresses an agriculture worker issue? Well, we did it by talking to each other and, more importantly, listening to each other. Uh, and it wasn't just the members of Congress. We brought stakeholders in the industry together. The United Farm Workers Union sat down with a whole host of agricultural employers, uh, Western growers, Florida fruits and vegetables, you know, and the list goes on and on. And these are their disagreements, and we identified what they were and we sorted through them and we reached conclusion and we never gave up and it went on for months i mean we really started in last march and uh, really by mid-october we'd reached a, a 
a bill that we thought was a, a pretty good bill. It's a compromise. I mean, if I had written it by myself, it would be different, and I'm sure that's true of the Republican members, but it was something we all felt would be better than the status quo and would move us forward. So that was a good, it was a good model of working together, and I hope we can do it again on other subjects. If the Senate won't take up this language and it lies for weight, what does the country lose if your bill or some other bill like it fails to be approved in the short run? Well, I think we lose a lot of things. First, I don't have a whole lot of ag in my district. I have some in the southern part of Santa Clara County. But I, I went over to the Central Valley several weeks ago and met with, I mean, it's a big ag area. And there's enforcement actions going on that are more vigorous than they had been under the prior administration. The enforcement efforts were primarily directed at people who, you know, were criminals. Now it's everybody who's undocumented, and the farmers are very alarmed. They're going to lose their workforce, and then they won't be able to get their crops picked. From the farm workers' point of view, they're in a state of terror. I I met people who are so frightened they, they won't leave their home Sunday morning to go to church. So... It's a state of fear that would continue. It's not a healthy thing for uh, families or communities. But the bill itself does something even more uh, significant for farm country. Right now, the H-2A program, which is the existing temporary visa program, is very bulky to use. I've heard a lot from farmers. It, you know, it's, it's really difficult, and, you know, it's not timely. People get there late, plus... The wages have gone have just been skyrocketing in some uh, some areas of the country last year the wages went up twenty three percent so what this bill does is it stabilizes wages. The union and all the employers agreed that wages in the h two a program would be frozen for one whole year, so that is a significant savings for farmers and then agreed that the wages can't go up more than like three point two five percent and they can't go below 1.5% of the status quo, and they can't be changed in the middle of a contract, which bedeviled a number of farmers who couldn't. You know, it's just predictability and also cost containment. We've streamlined the system so it's user-friendly, and it's, it's just going to work better for uh, those individuals who are coming in to work and for the employers who want to hire them. We did another thing that's really important for the dairy industry, which is for the first time allow the dairy industry and certain other industries uh, to have access to the H-2A program because they're year-round. So that's important. And then something else that we think is a win for everybody. There are a number of programs for farm worker housing, but they've kind of... Uh, they haven't been updated or fully funded. So we put, uh, we fix that. And that's better for farmers who have an obligation to provide housing under the H-2A program. It'll, it'll uh, be less costly for them to do it. It's also way better for the farm workers because the housing will be nicer and more habitable. But it's also better, I think, for rural communities overall because if you have a little money going in to build some housing, that's money into payrolls that people in rural communities will be building things and buying things, so it's a little shot in the arm 
for rural America, and that's a good thing, too. You've got 300 agriculture organizations that support the bill. You have the American Farm Bureau Federation did not. And one of their big concerns was the litigation area between employee and employer. Do you understand the concerns of Farm Bureau, and how do you respond? Well, I think we hit a compromise in this bill, and I I, I wish the American Farm Bureau had worked with us earlier on. Maybe we could have done some additional things, but right now the H-2A workers are protected by the Fair Labor Standards Act, but not the Migrant Worker Protection Act. Existing farm workers are protected under the Migrant Farm Worker Protection Act. There's no mediation in the Fair Labor Standards Act. So what we did was say we're going to have the H-2A workers also covered, treated the same as the existing workforce, but we're going to require mediation for the Fair Labor Standards Act if they pursue that. We sort of combined the two programs. Talking to farmers, listening to farmers, what I heard a lot was that most of these problems are misunderstandings. And if you have mediation, you can fix the problems, and then everything goes away. So nothing is perfect, but we think this is a a system that will work, and the concerns, we think, have been a little bit overblown. The Migrant Protection Act exists right now, and I haven't heard a whole lot of uproar from farm communities that there's extensive, you know, unbearable litigation under the Migrant Farm Worker Protection Act right now. So why would we think that would change? Congresswoman, there are some, as soon as they saw the bill, they marked it with a giant red A. They saw amnesty, and they said it was a path to amnesty. Is this a path to amnesty, or is this a common-sense approach to the needs of U.S. agriculture and respecting those workers that are here? Well, I think it's the latter. The bill, as, as crafted, provides for a temporary visa a certified agricultural worker status, and the undocumented farm workers can apply and get that status. They have to work a substantial number of days in agriculture over the last two years. This visa can be renewed indefinitely so long as the uh, worker stays in, in farm work. By the way, we allow the spouses and children also to get legal with the prime a breadwinner because we don't think separating families is a workable thing. After 10 years, the worker who has the certified agricultural worker visa has the option of applying for something called legal permanent residence. They'd have to pay a fine because they were undocumented prior to the certified agricultural worker status, or they could stay on the CAW status, you know, whichever they choose. Uh, I, I don't think that is uh, any kind of giveaway. Uh, it's a fine. You know, I was thinking about this. I might even write something up. Libraries actually do have amnesty. They do it to get their books back. You know, when you have all the books out, and they say, bring it back without the fine. We're not doing that. We're saying you have to pay the fine. And it, it's not an amnesty. With 300 ag organizations in support, and 34 GOP members who supported the language and helped to craft it. Is this enough to gain momentum in the Senate? Well, I hope so. We've been talking to senators on both sides of the aisle who've expressed interest in moving forward. Now, there's no guarantee. It's the United States Senate, and it's hard to do things in the Senate. But 
I think this is an important step forward for the for the, the United States of America in for the agricultural sector, which is really an important part of the United States. So I hope that they will move forward with it. Now, as I say, this is, you know, we don't say this is a perfect bill. It was the best we could do in nine months of negotiations. You know, if there are things we need to discuss further with the Senate, let's do it. But let's do something. Let's not just say no. Let's not just sit on our hands. Have you had discussion with the White House on this measure? Uh, I have had, and but the Republican members have had a more vigorous discussion with uh, the White House, as is appropriate. But I've also had some uh, some discussion, not with the president himself, but with others. Former House Agriculture Chair Frank Lucas of Oklahoma was talking to Phil Brasher uh, with AgriPulse, and, and he said he was inclined to support the language, but he also, uh, as well, had a, a bigger issue or might have been finding some pushback from his constituents because it was only fixing one area, H2A, right. not H2B, not not all the uh, not all the other areas where they had concern and 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 difficulty supporting a slither as opposed to having the whole uh, the whole pie addressed, if you will. What's the significance of moving on this portion right now? Well, Lucas is a very good guy, and I would love to have had him vote for this. A lot of people wanted us to do more. What's, what about construction? What about chicken processing plants? What about this or that? We've tried that. We've tried doing comprehensive before, not really for the last 25 years, and we never got it done. So we thought we'd try something different. Let's just focus on one area of the economy. We can all agree it's a problem. We didn't change the definition of agriculture, even though a lot of people wanted us to. Let's see if we can get this one thing done. If we can get this done, we can move on to other sections of the economy. But We're going to have to use the same kind of process where we bring in all the stakeholders and we bring in members of Congress from both sides of the aisle and sort through the issues and reach a compromise. So that's the way we're going to get things done. Former Chairman Goodlett brought up a piece that was looking at agriculture uh, labor and looking at this very area. It didn't find the traction that you found, uh, didn't find the, the success that you have found. Did you pick up anything out of the Goodlett bill that helped you have success here or things a part of that language that you would like to have had here? Well, a couple of the things in this bill are the same as the Goodlett bill, but the you know most of it is is somewhat different and certainly the approach was different you know bob and i worked together on some patent issues and some other things but there was no collaboration whatsoever across the aisle on his agricultural bill and when it got to the floor none of the democrats voted for it we thought it wasn't the right approach and the Republicans couldn't agree on it either, couldn't get the votes to pass. So I think one lesson is it's a good idea to talk to each other and listen to each other and see if you can uh, come to agreement and get something done for the country. Well, it's not fair to be negotiating with a journalist as opposed to your colleagues in the <laughs> Senate. But but if, uh, if, if you were getting close on a negotiation and you were amnesty was still the sticking point, do you see any way through this? You know, I don't want to ever say never, but that is a very important point for us. I mean, you can talk about how you get there, whether you've got the appropriate sh- sanctions for people who, who didn't follow the rules, but to have people in permanent limbo, 
I don't think that's good for the country. I mean, in places where they've done that, like Germany and the Turks, it's it's destabilizing. It's not good. You know, the good thing about America is that we've got Americans whose families came from all over the world. My grandfather was an immigrant from Sweden. And what they really wanted was to be Americans. And that's what we want. We want the people who are here to love our country and to be good Americans. Let's turn the page if we can. USMCA is coming up for a vote in the House and perhaps headed to the Senate. Is this the right language for the nation, and is this the right language for California? Well, I think so. I mean, what the president sent over to us, we just couldn't support. And so, really, what Speaker Pelosi did was appoint a task force headed by Richie Neal, who is the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, and a whole bunch, I wasn't on it, but a whole bunch of other members of Congress representing different parts of our caucus, different parts of the country, and we, we changed a, a whole bunch of the proposal to the point where the head of the AFL-CIO says he thinks we should vote for it. The pharmaceutical industry is not very happy, which probably means we're on the right track, but I think it helps a lot for ag. It helps a lot for, I come from Silicon Valley, for technology. I think it has improvements over environmental concerns. So, I, yeah, I think it's, it's a step forward. I mean, it's, you know, it's not everything, but it's better than the status quo. Certainly uh, the agriculture industry, and I would think there are other parts of industry, are watching now for dotted I's and cross T's about what might be in this phase one deal between the U.S. and China. Is it any sigh of relief for you, for your constituents, that we may have made some progress with that country? Well, I don't want to sound too negative, but I don't think we got much. Um, the president put these tariffs up, and a lot of people got hurt with those tariffs. And the expressed reason why was to protect intellectual property, and the Chinese have been terrible about stealing intellectual property. That intellectual property protection is primarily, you know, for technology as well as uh, entertainment. We didn't get anything on this that I can see protecting intellectual property, which is the whole reason why supposedly we went into this. And so now, you know, we're not even going to be back to status quo because the Chinese apparently say they're going to buy some ag products. Good, I'm glad for that. But what I'm hearing from some uh, ag sources is they've lost markets and other people have rushed in to fill them, and they're fearful they may not get those markets back. Congresswoman, we want to thank you very much for taking your own personal time to visit with us here on Open Mic of AgriPulse. I thank you much. I wish you a, a wonderful holiday season ahead. Uh, this is Open Mic, and on Open Mic, the Congresswoman gets the last word. Well, I'll just say that you know you look at Congress, and sometimes the loudest voices that are yelling at each other get heard. But uh, you know, and the news doesn't always cover everything that's happening. But we got a lot of things. We've got hundreds of bills that we've passed in the House. We got this Farm Workforce Modernization Act done on a bipartisan basis. We've got a really important bill done last week to control the price of uh, pharmaceuticals and, and medicines, which is really important. So we're working really hard, and we hope uh, the Senate will kind of get off the dime and uh, do some work over there and uh, 
help the American people out in a variety of ways. So I'm happy to be home just for two days. I get to have to go back Monday, uh, but I'm hoping to be home at least for Christmas, and I hope everybody listening has a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Our thanks to California 19th District U.S. Representative Zolofrin, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the voice of milk. Learn more at voiceofmilk.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Nally.